Okay, welcome back. Uh, Mike Preshman is next. And he did SIFT implementation and optimization in PyCuda. Hello, my name is Mike Preshman. Today I will be talking about my final project, SIFT implementation and optimization in PyCuda. This project was recommended to me by Nicholas Pinto. This is something that he works on at his uh, McGovern Institute for Brain Research. And uh, the idea behind this algorithm is that SIFT algorithm extracts vectors from images that can provide feature description of an object. And this can be used for object recognition. Moving on, this is the data that was provided to me by Nicholas. And uh, here we're going to worry about uh, extracting these SIFT vectors from images such as these and then uh, uh, trying to improve performance on them. These are some of the libraries that I used that were provided to me by Nicholas. Uh, I specifically spent a lot of time learning PyCuda and NumPy and SumPy. These are some of the others. At the bottom here, we have some of the profilers that I used uh, to find the bottlenecks in the code. The results from the profilers can be found here. And the results show us where some of the bottlenecks are. So I attacked a, a, a loop here at the bottom, which consumed 85% of the of the time in the algorithm, and I tried to move that to the GPU such that uh, uh, this could be improved and optimized. Uh, so here is the some of the snippets from the PyCuda code. Uh, here we have uh, the setup here at the top, and then a function call uh, to uh, the GPU, uh, passing in a bunch of data. And uh, here's an example of the uh, embedded C uh, kernel code that uh, can be used here together with the PyCuda Python code such that uh, a lot of the uh, computation can be done on the GPU. So after running that, uh, here is uh, the results that I came up with. So uh, I built a test framework that was able to test that the, uh, that the data uh, was uh, correctly being computed both by the old algorithm and the new algorithm. And it was also timing them side by side. Unfortunately, there wasn't uh, too much of an optimization uh, achieved here. Some of the reasons for that was that uh, there was too much moving around of data back and forth, as well as uh, some other uh, things that I did not have time to pursue, such as attacking some other parts of the code and taking advantage of uh, using uh, shared memory uh, and uh, textures and uh, other uh, advanced features of PyCuda. And so I mentioned that in my report as well as uh, some of the advanced, uh, some of the avenues that can be pursued further um, as, uh, as PyCuda is made to optimize this code. Uh, so uh, also, I would, if I had more time, I would have liked to uh, spend more time with metaprogramming in PyCuda. But uh, that's all the time I have, so uh, thank you everybody for your time. And uh, special thanks to Nikos Pintov. All right. Uh, do you have any questions? Uh, it's more like a remark. The, the fact that this algorithm, especially like that's one of the keys where I'm trying to profile it first and try to get to the bottleneck. You quickly realize that you have to walk around data a lot. You really need to come back to the root of the algorithm, really reframe it to expose as much parallelism as possible. That was sort of like a good uh, case for that. Because a lot of times you just profile it, you find the bottleneck. You, you think that you're going to just have a function call that will be in CUDA and everything will be nice, but this is, this is a really good example that that doesn't work with that. Right, yeah. You really need to think back, what am I really doing to stay on the GPU so that you don't have to move around back and forth. Yeah. Do you think, I mean, was the other issue here that there was a ramp-up curve to learn PyCuda? I mean, 
Yeah, the, and also the tools. Yeah. The tools, yeah. Well, once you know the tools, you go much faster, but there is a, there is a real yeah, curve. Yeah. All right, so last but not least, uh, Nick Murphy, uh, GPU accelerated inverted index construction. As GPUs become more and more ubiquitous, they are finding more and more general purpose applications. Most of these applications have to do with some kind of mathematical processing, something the GPU is well suited for. The question remains, however, how GPUs can handle applications farther afield. Are they, like many of the scientists who use them, awkward when confronted with words? One task that seems a good candidate for implementation on the GPU is inverted index construction. If one thinks of documents as a collection of words, then an inverted index tells you which documents a given word appears in. The fundamental problem that must be overcome, as with any text processing task on the GPU, is how to deal with variable length data. Fortunately, there is a relatively simple approach to dealing with the problem. Every thread is tasked with determining, for a given character in the document, whether that letter corresponds to the start of a word. If so, it outputs a 1, otherwise a 0. This task requires only local knowledge of adjacent characters, and thus parallelizes easily. Once we have the values for all characters in the corpus, we compute an exclusive prefix sum. Each position in the prefix sum corresponds to the sum of all numbers up to but not including that position. Since the sum only increments when a position corresponds to the start of a word, we magically have a mapping from each word to an index in the output array. Having obtained the words in the document, we sort them using a bitonic sort, which is well suited to a parallel implementation. With our sorted list, we can again employ the same technique as before. By detecting positions where the sorted word list changes, we can obtain a list of words unique to a document, as well as a globally unique list of words within the corpus. Having obtained those, we now have our inverted index. Okay. <laughs> so Nick, uh, what's the speed up? I mean, this, did you? Ask me again in a day or two. <laughs> And is this method novel? I mean, or did you find this in the literature? Uh, it's sort of a combination of different methods. I mean, the, the prefix sum is a sort of, it's a category of what's called a scam. Yeah. Uh, it's one type of scam that you can parallelize, and then the, the trick of using that. Um, um, and I used a um, bitonic search, uh, and then combined that with the, the trick of just marking um, character word transitions um, with the prefix sum. So each one of those is not novel, but I don't know, maybe a combination of them is. Yeah. Okay, great. Well, uh, let's give a big hand to all of you. Thank you. You've all done a fantastic job. And um, that actually concludes this class. Um, of course, that doesn't mean you should stop working on CUDA or working on your projects. Um, actually, one question that came up is access to the resonance cluster. And I'm going to have a meeting with the CSIT people tomorrow. Uh, the issue is that there is, of course, other scientists that you know, want to do real science on the cluster. So we have to be cognizant of that. But let me just ask uh, of the people here, how many people would want to have continued access on resonance? So that's a, pretty much everybody. <laughs> Yeah, so uh, resonance didn't exist before this class, so there is no 
established procedure. I mean, one issue is that CIS IT in general does not want to give access for people that are not at CIS. So that's one issue that we need to deal with. And I'm going to argue that, well, you know, we shouldn't really, we should treat everybody in the class the same, basically. So, but still, you know, we probably cannot have everybody have equal access. Maybe one um, straw man is to have access till January 15, at least, till this deadline for this GPGPU workshop. And then after that, only to people that, you know, are involved with research with somebody at SEAS or something like that. If you have any constructive suggestions, uh, please post them to the forum um, before tomorrow because I'll be looking at that and I'll, I'll discuss this with the SEAS people. The other issue is uh, the course evaluations. I've seen that I think four people at FAS and I think uh, 10 extension school students have so far filled out the ev evaluations. Um, please guys, do it. It is very important, in particular to me, if I'm teaching this class again in the future, I really would love to get your feedback. And it's also very important for Harvard to see uh, big returns on the evaluations so that they get a feeling that you guys actually care about uh, you know, these classes. So uh, let me just thank the TFs. I think they've all done a fantastic job this semester. And uh, I've, I've been very happy, and I hope you've been very happy. I've, I've seen some very good feedback from you. So a big hand to the TFs. And uh, also a big hand to CSIT. Again, they've been really accessible, in particular um, in odd times during weekends and evenings. So again, CSIT, thank you. And also to Gabe, who's been producing this class very uh, capably, as usual, and uh, has always been such a joy to work with. So thanks a lot, Gabe. So with that, uh, that's it. And I wish you good luck with all of your future endeavors in CUDA and Hadoop. And uh, I do encourage you to continue working on your projects. Do submit things to this workshop or to future conferences. And if you have any questions or if you want to stay involved, uh, the forum is still online and uh, you know, keep the community going. So thanks again. You've been a great class. I've really enjoyed teaching this. Thank you. <laughs>